0: Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Growthfit interview series by customfit.ai. Customfit, as you know, is a no-code website personalization platform that enables marketers and sales professionals to customize website content within just three steps. Download the Chrome plugin, customize your website content, generate shareable links. Today we have with us Ruben D. Boer. He's joining us from Netherland. He is a CRO expert and is presently associated with online dialogues as Lead Conversion Manager. His role includes developing team skills and quality of the team, setting the team strategy and goals, business development among others. Welcome Ruben, we are glad you joined us today. We are looking forward to hearing from your journey in marketing and CRO, and hopefully we'll be able to learn from your experience and insights in the CRO space.
1: Thank you and uh, thank you for having me and thanks for the great introduction. Uh,
0: So, Ruben, I'll start with my first question. Sure. um, I would like you to take our listeners through your journey in, uh, in the CRO space. So, you have had a journey which is six to seven years long in this field. So, uh, what interested you, and what keeps you motivated in the in this journey? Also, please let us know uh, about online dialogues. Yeah,
1: of course. Uh, great question. Two questions actually. So, actually, my journey started uh, over ten years ago already. It's just uh, it wasn't in my job title yet, but I set up my first uh, experiments over ten years ago. Um, and actually, I think in a natural way, I started with conversion rate optimization because conversion rate optimization combines several of my interests, my passions. So I'm really interested in human behavior and psychology. Uh, at first, from personal growth and personal development backgrounds, um, but then more online and, and product-based. I also love working with data and I'm uh, yeah, goal-oriented, result-driven. And I found that conversion rate optimization combines all those three uh, fields for me. So I love working with data, with psychology, and goal-driven. Um, so with conversion rate optimization, we can measure human behavior. And that's what really interested me uh, at that time. So I started uh, 10 years ago, 2009. Uh, there's still a lot unknown about conversion rate optimization. Obviously, I made all the mistakes uh, possible, having insufficient data, wrong statistics, etc., etc. And as the field grew, uh, I started growing as well, and started learning more and more and um, now my interest for human behavior is still with websites and digital products, but also with organizations. I'm really interested in seeing how we can apply our experimentation and psychology mindset to motivate and involve our colleagues and get to a culture of experimentation within different organizations. And uh, yeah, I, I also believe that that if you find your passion in your work, you should also do it, uh, also use it to help others and inspire others. That's why I also do some coaching and create online courses in my free time, which I sell for a low price in me, so people can get started and excel in conversion rate optimization. So I said, that, indeed, I'm a full-time uh, consultant at uh, Online Dialog, as you said, lead conversion manager. And uh, Online Dialog is founded in 2009 by a psych- psychologist and a data analyst, uh, Ton Wessling and Bart Schutz. And we uh, do only CRO with most disciplinary teams. So we have psychologists, developers, designers, analysts, and, and consultants. And we help a lot of clients, big and small, to uh, to improve their uh, digital products and their websites.
0: That sounds like an amazing journey. So, it is, mentioned... it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So you mentioned that you uh, you failed at a lot of things so we do hear this from CRO, uh, CRO professionals that you know failing is a part of the experimentation and there is no in fact there is no success or failure in this journey it's just about learnings so exactly. would you like to uh, share with us about a few um, hits and misses in your experimentation and your learnings from them?
1: Yeah uh, good point, good question. Um so, yeah, I can name a lot of wins and even more misses, I, uh, I guess. Um, I guess I would mention uh, two wins is what I really learned is from the start, set up a correct conversion optimization process and proper documentation. This really helps to increase the success of your overall CRO program. Uh, I love using Airtable for that thing because it combines several tools, project management, databases, uh, and all kind of different views um but also you build a knowledge database so have a proper process and tool in place to track the progress of your team. See who is doing what um, with the right steps to get to the best possible CRO program. So that's the first one. The second one um, what I uh, learned is that you should involve higher management and your other colleagues as soon as possible. Your job is not just to run simple A-B test, sit in the corner somewhere in the back of the office and run A-B test on copy and a simple A-B test. You want to motivate and involve your other colleagues as well. Make it about them. Help your colleagues achieve their goals with experimentation. Not just your own goals, but help your colleagues achieve their goals to get to a culture of experimentation that will increase the success of your whole CRO program. So when it comes to failures, as you mentioned, I learned there are no failures. There are only opportunities to learn. And as mentioned, I made some mistakes along the way, like like incorrect data and statistics, and perhaps some uh, A-B tests, uh, with which which I set up in the client-side tool, which caused a bug or an error on the website, and have the development team uh, asking me questions how this could happen. Um, but yeah, uh, fail fast and learn. Uh, as long as you learn, there's no failure. Thank you.
0: So nowadays websites are functioning as the uh, sales, sales representative right a lot of things can happen through the website and uh, in fact websites have become really potent today with the help of technology uh, so what is your approach when you um, when you take up this project of optimizing a website
1: yeah, so, so when I optimise a website, I, I never start on the website I- itself. I always first want to fully understand the, the business and, uh, and the goals. You have to align with the goals and how everyone else is working. For example, if you are with conversion Rate optimization um, and focusing on getting more transactions, but the whole company, the, the rest of the company is focusing on increasing the average order value, you're optimising the wrong thing, you're not aligned with the company, and therefore, it majorly decreases your success of your experiments and your overall results within the company and the whole program. So I always start with understanding the business and the goals and what drives the goals. When I start a website, I basically start with, uh, with the data. So on what pages can we make the most impact with our experiments? For those who know, it's also called the minimum detectable effect calculation. And once I have that, I try to uh, run the first tests as soon as possible probably low-hanging fruit tests um, to hopefully find some quick wins already and get the uh, the, uh, organization enthusiastic. And while those three tests, those first three, four tests are running, I do a thorough research. So I dive deeper into the data, I do user research, I do scientific research, and of course talk to a lot of people at the company, uh, especially those who talk to the customer on a daily basis, like sales representatives and uh, customer service.
0: Sounds good. Uh, So according to you, what are the biggest distractions that visitors usually face when they interact on a website or what could be stopping them from converting?
1: Um, Yes, so so stopping them from converting. uh, The biggest thing I I still think is, uh, it's of course very different for websites, but in the basics the biggest thing is the product or the service itself. I mean, you can have the best website in the world, without any friction, very easy, very fast. But if no one wants your product or your service, no one is going to convert. So uh, the biggest hurdle will obviously be in the basics, the the product or the service. Um, And other than that, it really depends on the website. Sometimes sometimes it can be distractions, sometimes not aligning with the motivation. You really have to look into the customer problems, what they face, what their needs are, and optimize from that. But you do need a good product or service to sell.
0: We see that personalization plays a very important role uh, today for both marketers and uh, sales professionals. So, how do you see the importance of personalization, or what has been your experience with personalization in increasing conversions?
1: I, I, I really like uh, personalization. Um, it's actually funny to see how uh, what is happening now. You know, when I, when I started with conversion Rate Optimization in, in 2009-ish, um, there was still a lot unknown and in the whole world uh, about conversion Rate Optimization. And people were just doing something, trying their best, but we lacked a lot of knowledge. There was no process in place, not the right tools in place, not the right teams, not enough resources. And I kind of see the same thing happening with personalization now. I guess a couple of years ago, there was really a hype, like all of a sudden all the project managers all the private owners wanted to do personalization as if it was a goal in itself. Uh, A-B testing, conversion rate optimization, personalization is never a goal. It's always a means to an end, uh, increasing uh, customer experience and, and the bottom line revenue most of the time. Um, but I still see it happen right now. There's a lot of company, they try personalization, but there's not a real process in place yet. Um, and those who have, they succeed with personalization. Those who have the right team, the right resources, the right process, the right toolings, those people succeed in personalization. Um, but it's funny to see that now it's for some companies still chaotic, they try it, they have some results, but not really. Um, and I see this going growing bigger and bigger uh, in the near future when we get a better understanding of personalization and how to be successful at it.
0: Right, right. So Ruben, as you mentioned, that there are certain lack of resources for marketers or sdrs to come up with uh, personalization just wanted to add something about custom fit over here we work in mm-hmm. the website personalization space so we yeah. enable um, we can work as a i mean custom fit as a tool uh, works as a catalyst in experimentation because we we enable marketers and sales professionals to come up with variety of variations of website content that can uh, that can be created on the basis of different problem areas that each customer faces so this in turn increases the engagement of the prospects on the website and also increases the chances of conversion so uh, that is the role of custom fit uh, in website in uh, this space of personalization, uh, so yeah,
1: I think it's very good because you need the proper tools to help you out and make it as easy as possible uh, to right. get started and, and to grow in in a, your success of personalization. Definitely, yeah.
0: Sure. Uh, so when it comes to testing your ideas, um, firstly, what is the process that you use to come up with ideas that are relevant for a project?
1: Yeah, so of course, there are several ways. Uh, again, uh, always start with your research first, get those biggest obstacles, those biggest problems that, that your customers face, your biggest drop-off points uh, in your data, to start with the further research. Also, scientific research can be very uh, beneficial, it's often uh, forgotten in our in a research. Um, so, start with your research, and based on those insights you get, you can, for instance, brainstorm test ideas. And of course, um, uh, Involve colleagues as well to help you brainstorm, give them the insights and help you brainstorm to get a lot of uh, ideas. I generally work with multidisciplinary teams. So I work with UX researchers, UX designers, data researchers, psychologists, um, and they all uh, contribute to uh, getting to those test ideas. But it starts with proper, proper research. And of course, from every experiment, you can get new test ideas. Every, from every experiment you can learn, uh, so, from every experiment, you can also come come up with follow-up tests.
0: So, I hear you mentioned uh, that your team also has psychologists. That's a very interesting yeah. point. So, uh, could you throw some light on the role of psychologist in your team?
1: Yeah. So, um, we really use this a lot at Online Dialogue, uh, and I guess we're kind of famous for that for the combination of data and, and psychologists. Because in data, we can see what is happening on the website, but we don't know why it is happening. And in user research, a user can say something, but uh, saying and doing can be two completely different things. And that's where our team of psychologists come in. They really help to sharpen those hypotheses to get the best learnings from our experiments. And also in the research, they know the why, the, the behind the behavior that people do. Uh, and we really see that whenever we test uh, with psychologists, when we have a psych- uh, psychologist in the team, the win rate really increases, so that combination is really, really strong.
0: Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, uh, when you have a bunch of ideas for experimenting and uh, uh, testing out, so how do you mm-hmm. prioritise these ideas?
1: I think this is a, a very, very good, good question and uh, for instance, uh, last year I wrote a big uh, article on this. I know a lot of people use um, frameworks like, like Pi and ICE, for instance, um, and the best thing about these frameworks is the simplicity. But the downside is that it's completely subjective, and there's also too much focus on ease. One third of the score is ease, and it really kind of kills innovative experiments. Now, some people use more fact-based models, And it scores ideas using factual information, like does the idea come from data analysis? Does it come from user research? Or does it increase user motivation? And these models are already a lot better. But the downside is that it's not evidence-based. Perhaps your ideas from user research can all result in losing tests. Perhaps your UX researcher is not so good. Um, Or experiments based on ability have a much higher win rate. Um, compared to those tests related to motivation but still in your prioritization framework you give your test ideas based on user research and that are to increase motivation you give them a higher score and this majorly decreases your win rate and therefore the success of your overall zero program so i like to use a more and more evidence-based model uh, we designed it uh, at online dialogue and that is really evidence-based. The prioritization automatically changes based on the success of your experiments. So if experiments that increase motivation on the homepage result in a a high test rate, a high uh, win rate, sorry, such ideas should automatically become higher on the backlog. Whereas if ability tests on the checkout have a high win rate, uh, those ideas should be higher on the backlog. So your prioritization should be automated based on your historical experiment results. because then you always run the best tests does it make kind of sense kind of hard to explain in a couple of sentences
0: yeah yeah it does make sense uh, so you said it is something it is a concept that you have developed at online dialogues right
1: yeah 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 that it is if motivation on the homepage works works those ideas should get a higher prioritization score um, if ability on the homepage works, those ideas should get a higher prioritization score. And if motivation doesn't work, those ideas should get a lower uh, prioritization score. And if you automate it, which you can do through Airtable, um, you always have uh, the highest, uh, the best idea on top based on historical data. So it's evidence-based. Yeah, sure,
0: that's, that's quite interesting. Uh, so coming to the tools that you, uh, you said you use Airtable for, uh, Experimentation, any other tool that you recommend or anyone that's that's your favorite for experimentation?
1: Yeah, I, I mainly use the, the tools uh, that my uh, my clients use, of course. Uh, I, like I said, I used Airtable with all my uh, clients for the documentation for the process, but also automation of, of uh, test analysis because the more you automate, the more time you have to set up new experiments. Um, for client-side IB testing tool, I don't really have a, a favorite. Um, and for data tools, um, and I guess also personalization and, and uh, A/B testing tools. I love the ones that democratize. So that they democratize data analysis, for instance. So it's easy for our colleagues to to use data and to analyze data uh, as well.
0: Okay. So what kind of training or educational resources you recommend to somebody who wants to start a career in CRO?
1: Well, of course, uh, I would recommend my own courses uh, on Udemy. Um, your CRO, I have a couple of CRO courses there, um, and Udemy almost always has a seal, so you can get a course and learn converse rate optimization for a very low price. Of course, I have to mention that. Um, other than that, I love the blogs, the blog articles on uh, CXL.com. Um, I do check curated newsletters like Experimental Mind and Experimentation newsletters, they are really useful. Um, follow industry leaders on LinkedIn, also feel free to add me on LinkedIn if you want. Um, and also simply joining communities and, and events and talk to fellow optimizers and learn from each other. I think that's the most important source of information you uh, you can get, learn from each other and, and share your knowledge.
0: Thank you for that, oh, very good advice, Ruben. So with that, we come to our last question. Uh, what is that one advice you wish you had got early in your career?
1: Um, have a growth mindset, be curious, experiment a lot, and don't be afraid to learn. Uh, and not just on websites, but but also in life. There is never failure. There's only an opportunity to learn and uh, grow.
0: Sure. So I think that is one very important piece of advice that we can learn from CRO professionals and also from this field of experimenting and testing that it's all about learning. Uh, there's no, there's no uh, failures as such. So, exactly, and um, if, if the
1: rest of the company uh, will see that as well, that's when you get faster to an, a culture of experimentation. Um, as long as people are afraid to fail, uh, experimentation will be hard to, to, uh, to, to implement in your company. So, you can only learn, only, learn, only grow, uh, and there's no failure, and motivate your colleagues to, to have the same mindset.
0: Right. So, Rubin, thank you for joining us. So, that uh, you mentioned one blog that you had written about prioritization ideas, right? Yes. Or, and and uh, the link to your course on LinkedIn. So, we will, sorry, not LinkedIn, Udemy. So, we would definitely like to include that link uh, in our blog so thank you thank for you. sharing your insights and I hope our listeners um, learned a lot from your experience as much as we did so with that I would like to wrap up this session thank you so much thank for you. joining us
1: yeah thank you and uh, to others thank you for listening I hope it uh, was useful
0: yes it was indeed very useful to us